Welcome to Shoot This Now, the podcast where every week we talk about stories that should be made into TV shows and movies. My name is Tim Malloy, and you are? Deirdre McCarrick. Hello, Deirdre McCarrick. How are you? I'm great. It's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning as we're doing this. It's Oscar morning. Indeed, I'm excited. Any predicts? Um, I, I, I think Glenn Close will win. Okay. I think Green Book's going to win, actually. Okay. I think it's going to come out and get you. Okay. I think Mahershala Ali is going to win. I hope um, so. Those are my hot hot picks. Awesome. Awesome. Um, we finally saw Green Book on Friday after avoiding it, kind of, because it didn't look that great. Uh, pleasantly surprised. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Agreed. Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. So this week we have a story that you are going to present to us. Indeed I am. And we're also going to unveil something new. Um, we're going to get a little bit more structure, because people have given us feedback that they like some structure. So we have some categories. We have five categories. Would you like to introduce the categories? I would be happy to. So the first is, who are we talking about and why? Very simple. Uh, The second is comps. We're going to say, tell what this movie's similar to based on previous films or TV shows. This is the Hollywood cliche where people go like, it's like Rocky meets The Bachelor. Exactly. Uh, Then we're going to go through some kind of pivotal scenes. We probably won't get into too much context, but just want to help you visualize the story. Then fourth, we're going to give you a quick summary of this person in their life or this event or this topic. Uh, And then finally, we're going to dive into development, who we think could play this person, who might direct it, etc. So who, should we go right into our first category? Let's do it. Okay. Who and why now? So who we're talking about is a woman named Angela James. And she is considered the Wayne Gretzky of women's hockey. Um, She was also black and gay. And she was the first openly gay woman inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Or any major sport Hall of Fame, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, And you know what? Why now? Because she broke barriers with a fighter's spirit, um, which you can't really excel at hockey without. Um, I, I realized that when I just said the only woman in the not, the only openly gay person in a major Hall of Fame major sports hall of fame some people are going to quibble and go like well wait what about this sport and so we're defining the major sports as hockey basketball baseball football all other sports sorry you're inferior to those they're sports. they're lovely sports yeah yeah but those are the big four those according big to four. the major the majors and according to the majors yeah exactly yeah yeah bob and david the majors it's weird that you use Bob and David because that's the names of the guys from Mr. Show. Yeah, it wasn't a coincidence. Weird. Okay. I don't think people knew that about Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. That they're in charge of deciding what sports are the major sports? Yeah. Yeah, but that's one of the great things they do. Yeah, so that was, that was actually a little bit of trivia for you, Al. Cool. To start this day. Love Mr. Show. So now we're going to kind of talk about comps. Um, since her story is kind of unique, it's not the easiest comp, but I think maybe... Million Dollar Baby meets Eight Mile. Well, there's a lot of underrepresented groups in this story. Uh, LGBTQ representation, underrepresented. Uh, African-American women, underrepresented. And hockey is underrepresented. And Canadians. And Canadians are underrepresented in Hollywood films. So there's, it's very hard to find comps. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think Million Dollar Baby, because it's a female-centered sports film that doesn't follow the typical trajectory of a sports film. There isn't like a big game at the end, necessarily. Um, the struggle is sort of a long human struggle, not just like a struggle to score goals. Exactly. And 8 Mile, I assume, because of the fish out of the water element? Yeah. 
And coming from, I think, a, a tough, tougher, challenging upbringing. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that the way that Hollywood sees the most perfect fish out of water is like a white dude trying to infiltrate the black hip hop community of Detroit. This is kind of how it is more likely to happen in real life. It's more likely to be a black lesbian woman trying to infiltrate a largely white thing. Exactly. Male thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel attacked. Well, you should always. Okay. You should always feel a little bit attacked, I think, as a white man. Okay. So that's just wow. something you should feel. This seems like a good time for a little break. I'm going to mess up our categories. Okay. Slightly. But what kind of person is she? Who? What is she like? So I watched some videos of her on YouTube. You can do that yourself. There are plenty of interviews. Um, and she seems very passionate about the sport. She seems like someone who loves hockey and loved hockey. And it truly was an outlet for her um, as a tomboy growing up. Her, her mom definitely described her as a tomboy mm-hmm. throughout her life. One of the quotes I read about her that I thought was super interesting was um, her opponents claimed running into her was like hitting steel. Whoa. So I, I think she was someone who was really thick-skinned, worked hard, dealt with, you know, all these immense challenges being a girl in a, in a, in a men's and a boy's sport, um, being black in a white sport, being gay, you know, I, I don't think, I think she developed a, a very thick skin. Um, so she was, she was a tough, she was a tough lady. And here's a clip from one of the videos available on YouTube, Journey to the Hall, The Life of Angela James, posted by Laura Colangelo. We recommend you check out the entire thing. You know, I just uh, enjoyed playing outside with my friends, you know. You could uh, go in one direction, uh, another direction. A lot of people in the, in the projects were uh, single family. Um, so thank God for um, sport and activity to uh, keep us busy. Otherwise, you know, um, a lot of other kids uh, weren't so fortunate where, you know, they either... Uh, um, went to jail, um, became alcoholics, drug addicts, or um, you know, suicide, or were murdered. Thank God for uh, the love of the game. That kind of kept me out of trouble. It didn't keep me completely out of trouble. I was just very good at what I did, and I didn't get caught. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was it was a great life. I wouldn't uh, trade it for anything. All right, so we're gonna go into a few scenes. So she grew up in Toronto um, in subsidized housing. She came from a big family. Her dad was black. Her mom was white. Um, and hold, hold on. Yes. You said she's the Wayne Gretzky. It sounds like she's kind of the Drake. Wow. Because Drake, as we know from trivia at the Tamish answer the other night, yes, um, is a guy who grew up with a black father, white mother in Toronto, went on to great things, just like Angela James. Sure. If... You, I mean, you. Your sports knowledge is quite limited. So we'll go so back. So this and makes edit you it. feel more comfortable to think of her as the the Drake, the female Drake. Then, by all means, the female Drake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Great. Um, so she grew up with um, this big family, but she, she actually grew up in the in subsidized housing with just two sisters and her mom. All three were white. So this is the late '60s, early '70s. Being biracial wasn't common in that that part of the country at the time mm-hmm. so scene one is her really getting into fights over some of the racial slurs and bigotry that she dealt with um and her developing this combative attitude that ultimately carried her into the game of hockey so because of the adversity of having to defend herself for a completely unfair reason 
um, to defend herself against prejudice, she actually becomes a better fighter, and that makes her better at hockey. Yeah, exactly. Because hockey is just strapping on skates and fighting with people, right? It's actually oh, much, much more than that. But, um, I you know, I, I think being tough is, uh, is essential. I think you have, to, you have to be a tough cookie on the ice. Okay. So, so we picture young um, Angela James just, you know, defending herself, developing this combative spirit. Is there an opportunity for a montage here? There's always an opportunity for a montage. Could there be maybe about 15 minutes into the movie, maybe even earlier, a scene of this little girl beating up boy after boy after boy? By all means. Because that's kind of funny. That's totally funny. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. I'm into it. Um, So then she ultimately gets onto a hockey team in the Flemington Park Boys House League, which is the um, area where she grew up. And she played with them, and the boys kind of, you know, had no issue with playing with her. Um, but their parents did. So well, probably the boys were afraid because they didn't want their noses broken. They didn't want their noses broken, right? Sounds but familiar. You're, they were also kids. These are, you know, eight-year-old boys. They're just having fun. Um, but anyway, the president's son was on James, the president of the league. His son was on James's team, and he was particularly offended that this that his son was being overshadowed by a girl. Could, so scene two is he ordered a change in the league's policy to forbid girls from playing. Just to target one girl. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is like when the building gets a note saying not to Airbnb out your place anymore. Yeah. And they mean us. Right. I mean, we don't have any experience with that right. per se. When that didn't like, happen to us. Right. When they're like, hey, your guests threw up in the pool. Right. Building. They yeah. mean, knock it off, you guys. Right. I mean, they didn't capture said guests on a ring camera. Right. Or anything like that. Right. And then send it to you. Anonymously. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Okay. Never so, happened. Nope. Um, so anyway, she ends up playing hockey throughout high school, throughout college. She becomes a total superstar and becomes basically the best player in the country she leads the Canadian women's team to four world championships. Jesus. But then we get to moment three. In 1998, the Nagano Games, um, the Nagano Olympic Games, it's the first time they're going to have women's hockey as a sport. Mm-hmm. So after all these years, the sport that James loves is finally getting you know, international attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an exciting moment. Um, so you'd think someone who is a trailblazer who's considered one of the best in the world would naturally be on the Canadian women's team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she doesn't make the team. Scene three. Before we go to scene four, actually, it sounds like there's some backstory to scene three. So from what I could dig up, the head coach was this woman named Shannon Miller. Um, she left James off the roster. She told the press that James was, quote unquote, a defensive liability and suggested that she wasn't a team player. Whoa. Um, keep in mind, again, this is James is a woman who helped lead the Canadian team to four world championships leading up to the games. Um, 
other women in the sport thought that this wasn't right. There, it was clearly inexplicable that she was left off the team. Okay, so from the pro point of view, to represent the coach's point of view, I think of the only hockey movie I've ever seen, Miracle, mm-hmm. where Kurt Russell goes and chooses the best team rather than choosing the best players. And he leaves some really good players off the roster in order to have a stronger, cohesive unit. Is that just what this coach was doing? Or it's is there possible. some nefarious reason that it's you've heard possible. of? It's um, possible. It sounds like there was a personality clash. There was also a rumor that Shannon Miller was having some kind of relationship with someone on the team and that Angela James had started the rumor. But independent sources confirmed that Angela James did not start any such rumor. So oh. I don't know if that had something to do with it. As we mentioned before, I worked for the Associated Press for a long time, and things like rumor and other sources aren't going to fly. Can you Rumors say, make you very uncomfortable. Can you say where that came from? So this actually came from uh, a book called Canada's Olympic Hockey History by Andrew Podnieks. Okay. Um, so I, it's pretty common knowledge at this point. It's believed to be true we're not saying it is true exactly what i mean angela james says for herself in some interviews i've seen that she had nothing to do with this rumor and that i think it's uh established that she didn't and again i don't know if that's why she was left off the team it just sounds like there were a number of little factors percolating that might have had something to do with it there's some juicy stuff going on here somehow it will make its way into the screenplay in some carefully legally vetted way um, and then inevitably people will come out like um, like Don Shirley's brother did after the release of Green Book to say that's a bunch of nonsense. It could be just like that, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and we'll deal with that when that comes. Right. So uh, moment four, or scene four, if you will, is, you know, after this happens... Uh, 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 let's wait for that. Let's wait for that. <coughs> Our neighbor is wearing a jetpack and flying past... Um, we can't rent out our Airbnb, but that person's allowed to wear a jetpack. Take off from the from the plaza all day long. No. Fine. Perfectly reasonable. Okay, I'm sorry. So scene four, moment four, if you will, is around the same time and shortly thereafter, um, James is maybe at a low point in her career. I mean, she's being left off of the very first Olympic Games where hockey was, women's hockey was a sport. Um, she's dedicated her whole life to the sport. It's got to be a little traumatizing, honestly. And then she it's revealed that she's suffering from undiagnosed Graves' disease. Oh, come on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graves' disease, if you don't know, it's a thyroid condition that results in severe weight loss, fatigue. Ew. She may or may not have been dealing with this during Olympic camp. That's possibly another reason why she was left off the team. Um, again, it's it's not totally clear. Um, aside from what Shannon Miller herself said about her being a defensive liability. Um, So anyway, she is diagnosed with Graves' disease and, um, you know, just really at a a low, I think. So this is another point for Shannon Miller, besides the fact that this whole rumor against her is totally unsubstantiated. Maybe, maybe Angela was um, not up to, not up to her normal standards. It's possible. It's possible. Hmm. So then um, after this happens, fortunately, she is diagnosed properly. She gets treated for her condition, and she recovers. And um, the national team now has a new head coach. 
Shannon Miller's out of the picture, at least for the, for the time being. And there's a an, an upcoming tournament, the 1999 Three Nations Cup. So this is about a year after the Olympic Games. Um, this time, James is selected for the team. And during the tournament, she decides it's going to be her last. Wow. So moment five. Five. Is she decides to end it in storybook fashion. Uh, the championship game against the United States wow. uh, goes into a shootout. And Angela James is selected as the first shooter. She scores the winning goal, ultimately, and Canada wins 3-2. to two. And that'll be played out over five minutes with lots of, like, tension. and Slow-mo. Like, and, like, like, she'll cough. Give and me we'll that think... slow-mo action. <laughs> give me that ice chipping off of the, the rink. And we'll think give me, that... Oh, we've got to have a goalie with, like, one of those, like, really sinister masks. Right, like a skull. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, maybe we'll think that the Graves' disease is returning. Absolutely. She's having... She needs a lot of Gatorade. You're like, why is she drinking so much Gatorade? Well, because Gatorade is going to sponsor this movie. Of course. And yeah. Gatorade cures Graves' disease. Yeah, yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're parched, try some Gatorade. Yeah. What's your favorite flavor? Oh, man. I really like the blue one. Oh, wow. But it turns your like lips and tongue blue. That's why I like it. I like lemon-lime. I'm a classic. Uh, that's great stuff. That's what I used to drink when I played women's soccer. Because I was also a female athlete. Oh, let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I played in when I was a teenager. Is that why you're so good at punching me in the nose? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. By the way, Gatorade, if you want to send us anything, um, please do. And please specify not for Airbnb. Because our neighbors are a little bit weird about that. Right. When we see stuff in the mailroom, they're always like, why are you getting a subscription to Airbnb magazine? We're not. They just sent it to us. We didn't ask for it. Yeah. Right. You lost me on that one, but sure. The unit, by the way, is available if you're visiting the Hollywood, West Hollywood, anywhere in the LA area. It's convenient. Disneyland, you need okay. an Airbnb. So, just hit us up. Yeah. Are you going to hit me in the nose? Why? Just let's move on. So she wins. She helps the team win her final hurrah. It's a beautiful thing. She, the Gatorade, the coach is being covered in Gatorade, right? Right. Um, and we're going to do kind of like a, a bonus moment or bonus scene. Mm-hmm. After all this, she does retire. Um, and a lot of really cool things happen for her. She, as we mentioned before, is inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first two women, the first black woman, the first openly gay player. Um, you can listen to her Hall of Fame speech online. It's pretty great. Um, she also is uh, the Angela James Bowl is created in her honor. It's awarded annually in Canada to the top scorer, um, awesome. the Canadian Women's Hockey League. And then my favorite, in yeah. 2009, Flemington Park, the subsidized housing neighborhood where she grew up was, and where she played, um, they renamed their arena the Angela James Arena. Are you telling me that in subsidized housing, a.k.a. the projects in Canada, there are hockey rinks? It was an arena. That's the most Canadian thing I've ever heard. It's Well, Canadians love their hockey, Tim. Did you not know that? Oh, that, that's some good context that I think would have helped the whole yeah, podcast. They yeah, they like their hockey yeah. and their Molson. Molson. Right, that's the yep. beer they drink. And also exactly. Moosehead. Moosehead. And yep. yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's, that's all she wrote. Those are kind of the five major scenes. 
Now, I really like the band Stars. Do you think that they could do all of the music for this? I sure as hell think they could do all the music for this. I think that would be spectacular. They are a Canadian group. They are. And their music is beautiful. I, I actually think their music would just lend itself so well to this story. You know another song that would lend itself to this story? What? It goes, started at the bottom, now we're here. And it's by an artist named Drake. Fair enough. This is I, I mean, I didn't get the Drake question on Trivia Night at Tamil Shanter. You did, so... It's I true. need you need to educate me a bit more on him it's before I can get on board. But I like the sound of it. You know what? I'm not even a big Drake fan. Well, you could have fooled me. But yeah, you sound like a Drake fan. I just you got that Drake question very quickly. I just have a lot of Drake knowledge, but you know, whatever. I game recognizes game. Yeah, and that's why I think Drake would recognize Angela James. Yeah, and I think Drake would be proud to be the Angela James of R and B. Mm, or hip hop, but if he someday let me rephrase that. How about to branch out into R and B? I'm sure he could be the Angela James well, there too. Like I said, I don't know a lot about Drake. Why don't you leave? He was the... actually about. I also discovered at Tamil Shanter Trivia Night that he's about ten years older than I thought. I thought he was in his. I thought he was like 25, and he's 35. I guess he went from uh, drinking the Gatorade to drinking the Haterade on Drake. I don't know what that's about. Why don't we just leave the Drake questions to me? All right. Hey, when we do the Drake shoot this now, I'll do that one. Stay in your lane. You handle Angela James. Can you just say that Drake is the Angela James of hip-hop? Drake is the Angela James of hip-hop. Okay. Great. There were a lot of people, there's a lot of people who respect my hockey and hip-hop knowledge. So it's important that I said that on the microphone. Yeah, you're an authority. A lot of people were like, where is Ja? Where is Tim? Bob and David are like, what does Tim think? James, who should direct this, all of that stuff. Jared, I'll bet you have an idea in mind. I have a lot of ideas in mind. Um, so we'll start with who should play her. Because yeah. I think you need the right actress. To, uh, that's essential. And it's hard because it, it's, uh, we're covering a lot of her life, but I think we're going to focus more on her prime. Um, it, it's Zazie Beetz. I, I didn't choose Zazie Beetz because we've chosen her for many <laughs> other projects. We cast her a lot. There was a run on Shoot and This Now when Zazie awesome. Beetz was in like every episode. I just watched her again in Atlanta on my last flight yeah. from, from Boston, and I was like, I love Zazie Beetz. Yeah, she's great. Um, I actually didn't pick her. I picked uh, Kiersey Clemens from the film Dope. Okay. And uh, she's younger than, a little bit younger than Zazie Beetz, and okay. I think she would, she sort of looks like Angela James, or she, I think nice. she could transform into her, but she also has, seems to have a little bit of that toughness. Um, I also thought Sasha Lane from Hearts Beat Loud. Oh, yeah. I thought she could be, a, a, she could really pull it off. She's kind of got that, I think you need to be tough, but also be able to capture that, like, love of the game. Yeah. You know? She had a very close relationship with her mom, it seems like, so mm-hmm. I think be able to capture that. Um, Sasha Lane certainly did that in Hearts Beat Loud with her dad. Mm-hmm. So I think either of those two women. Great. That's if, great choices. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be some small, unknown actress, as of now, unknown child actress 
who gets to be in the montage of beating up dudes. Exactly. Yep. Then I thought maybe her mom. I thought like Virginia Madsen or maybe, weirdly enough, I thought maybe Kim Cattrall. She's Canadian. I thought both of them could be like tough moms. So they're like her mom when she's an adult. Yeah, because her mom had to kind of fight for her when she wasn't allowed initially to play in some boys' hockey leagues. Her mom actually threatened to sue. Mm -hmm. So even in like the early 70s, she was fighting for her daughter in this to play in this male-dominated sport. I thought that was pretty cool. She worked two jobs, you know. Um, I, I like Kim Cattrall in that role because I like her getting to break out of the, the bubble, the Kim yeah. Cattrall bubble. And I'm sure she's sick of because she refuses to do another Sex in the City movie, from exactly. what I understand. She is the best part of Sex in the City, right? Well, the, the funny thing is, you forget sometimes, she's incredible in Sex in the City. She's yeah. so funny. And yeah. she's acting. That's not yeah. who she is. Yeah, so I think she... I think she could do a great job on it. Um, where we should have disclosed before that we're married, for people who didn't know. But before we were married, I went on a date with somebody, and she asked what Sex and the City character I was. That's a really common question. It's a terrible question to it's ask a dude. It's, I, I, I think it's, you could ask men or women equally. I think it's just a dumb question. I think so, too. What did you say? I said Samantha. <laughs> who, did, who would you say? Um... I I don't know. Hmm. I'm sorry. That's a lame an- answer. Hmm. You're a little Miranda. Maybe Miranda because she wore she wore like power suits. Well, you're you're the, you'd be the smartest one in the group. I just like the power suits, Miranda, and I feel like she had a briefcase. She was the brains of the operation, right? They were all smart women. I think that was the point. You're also kind of the Hope Davis, kind of a little Hope Davis. Who's Hope Davis? Isn't that her name? No. Kristen Davis? You're also kind of the... Ugh, Tim, you don't know anything you're about also Sex kind, and the City. What is Kristen's name? What is the character's name? Let's, let's, I've had enough conversation about Sex and the City. Okay. All right. Which member of the 1986 Edmonton Oilers are you? Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, me too. Are you Mark Messier? No. Sounds like we're both Gretzky. Well, we both can't be Gretzky. So right. I said Gretzky we'll have to, first. Have to sort it out on the ice. I'm definitely Wayne Gretzky. So I'm going to go where the puck... It's going to be not where the puck is. Yeah, like Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Um, and then I also thought somehow Mike Myers needs a role. Yeah, I agree with that. We d- I don't really know what he's going to do, but we got to get him in there. Absentee dad who comes back at the end. Yeah, but her dad was black. Oh. So that probably won't work. Good point. We'll cut that out. Yeah, I mean, I don't even care. He could be like... The guy who gives her her hall, who inducts her into the Hall of Fame, who hands her her plaque. But we need him. Eddie Murphy as the dad. Because chance to have a little Shrek reunion. We get Mike Myers. We get Eddie Murphy. Oh my in there. God. That's a good hook. Yeah. You know? Yep. Exactly. Like finally, after all these years, Donkey and Shrek are reunited. I like it. Me too. Yep. All right. Cool. What about the director? Okay. The director. Um, I have no idea. Wow. Okay. Um, I have, there's a few, this was, there's a, some really good candidates for this one. Okay. So one, Gavin O'Connor. Great obviously. choice. Jesus, such a good choice. He did, he not only did Miracle, he also did Warrior, which Gavin is. Gavin O'Connor directed Miracle and Warrior? Yes. All right, because. We those, love both of those movies. Those are the two best sports movies ever. Warrior is fabulous. Warrior is an incredible, incredible, incredible movie. And um, what's nice about Warrior too is I think it. it they there's made a, a Warrior 2? 
No, what's nice about Warrior as well? Oh, because I would line up for Warrior too. Me too. Is it, you know, it, it deals with, you know, really overcoming challenges. Like it, it deals with a, a, a complicated father son relationship. Yeah. Um, it's it's not candy coated, which you know I want this to be like real. Warrior, if you've never seen it, listener, is about two brothers who duke it out in UFC combat. We know that the movie is building up to a fight between the two brothers, but nobody else knows that they're brothers. So it sounds like the worst idea for a movie ever, but it's the best movie ever. And you think you hear UFC and it's going to be glossy and like packaged and it's not. It, it's real. It feels very real. 45 minutes into this movie when Nick Nolte gives his big speech. Did we say Nick Nolte's in it? Hello. That's what I just... I know I'm just reinforcing yeah. that fact because... Yeah. It's Nick Nolte. That, if I could go back and give Best Picture for that year, I would give it to Warrior. All right. Well, so Gavin O'Connor, he's sort of the obvious choice. Um, I also have to throw Peter Berg in there because I pick him for a lot of stuff. But he did FNL, Friday Night Lights, ladies and gentlemen. So he knows how to do sports very, very well. I agree that you do really, really like Peter Berg. I do. Um, and then also, I was also thinking, you know, who could help? Who might be able to capture the black female experience a bit more? So I thought maybe like Dee Rees, who did Mudbound recently. Oh, cool. Okay. She could be an interesting choice. Someone okay. who hasn't directly done sports might have make, take it from a different angle, like more of the human angle. Yeah, because it isn't like a real sporty sports movie. I mean, like a really good... If you want to th- watch sports, there's sports. If you want to watch a movie, you need all the emotional stuff around that it. That being said, though, I still think the best sports films are the ones that capture the energy and the 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 movement of the game you know like i think you also have to have an eye for that too i think it's important but i think um, creed 2 reminded us that also sound design is really really important absolutely absolutely cool so um and then what do we call this thing um hockey lady hockey lady really hockey lady wow wait what the puck what the puck? Um, wow. Okay. So the only thing that popped in my head was hitting steel because that's literally there's a quote for, about her. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, and it also kind of captures all of the barriers she broke through. Yeah, that's really good. So It's also the reverse of all of those like real soft 90s movies where they're like generating discussion. Right. Pursuing Magda. I know. You're right. Or what's the one with... Uh, um, James Bond with Sean Connery, Finding Forrester. Yeah, that's a, chasing Amy. Those Jaren Jaren proper noun movies are real bad. Shudder. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that trend is over. But Hitting Steel will make an exception. Hitting Steel is pretty cool. Well, because it's like, yeah, yeah. So um, that's that's all I got for you. All right. So by the time you people out there listen to this, you'll know whether our Oscar uh, talk was anywhere near on point. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us five stars on iTunes. If you didn't enjoy this episode, please give us five stars on iTunes. Well, thanks, Tim. Enjoy the Oscars. Enjoy the Oscars. Uh, you'll be watching the Oscars on a plane back to Boston, which is the, uh, which is why you care so much about hockey. Right. It's home of the Boston Bruins. Because you're from Boston. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. See you when I see you, sucker.